or we write text and make sure that everything's spelled right, that the message that we're trying to convey goes across like how we want to say it. And, and then we get nervous when we're on dates and we go to the movies or we go out to dinner and are we dressed the right way? Do we look good? Are, are we sweating? Are we going to the right restaurant that they like? Are we going to the right movie that, that they like? Are we going to the right movie theater? And all of these different things that come up in our relationships that just stink, right? They, they're, they're no fun being nervous. And, and there's no way around it. There's no way to get by this feeling of, of dating all throughout your life. It's never going to end until you get married. And so know that if you're not in a place right now where you care about dating, it is going to happen at some point soon. And if you are there, then you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? That nervous feeling whenever you do that. And then there's all these unwritten rules. There's all these rules that we have to think about, about how, you know, am I supposed to ask her out or is she supposed to ask me out? Can we go to this ball game or should we go to that ball game? The unwritten rules of can I date somebody if it's uh, my friend's ex or can I not date them? So all of these different unwritten rules. Is that funny, Chloe? You have any? What are, what are some unwritten rules that you know of? What's going through your head? Am I like hitting right on the spot? Like, yeah. So it's good. There are unwritten rules, right? Right. And so we go through these unwritten rules of how to build a relationship because we, we can't learn it from books and we have to just go through it through life. And so today we are going to talk about some of those unwritten rules and we are going to look at what the Bible has to say about dating. And who knows what all the Bible has to say about dating? How much does it have to say? What? Zero. The Bible doesn't really talk about dating because back in the Bible days, marriages and relationships were prearranged. They were arranged, so there was not a lot of talk about dating. So what do we do about the problem of going to this book that we think has everything in our lives an answer for, which it does. We can look to the Bible for the things that it talks about in relationships, the things that God says about relationships that we should have about relationships. And it says a lot about the rules of, of what should happen when we are in these serious relationships. And so we are going to go over two of God's dating rules. And, and these two rules should be honored throughout when we're dating, honored throughout when we have relationships with pretty much anybody. And so God's first dating rule is to honor and respect. And so to go on a little scriptural journey with these two ideas in mind, Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Then Philippians 2 Verses 3 and 4 say, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And then the last verse, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 in the message version of the Bible. It says, here's a simple rule of thumb, guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want for people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. And so that last verse, I think, really shows us what we should be doing to honor each other, right? We should be thinking, what is it that I want out of this relationship? What is it that I expect to get? Love and compassion and somebody being there for me when I'm down and, and me being there for them. And take all of that and try to display that to the person that you're displaying this stuff to. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you want all of these things, make sure that you're taking that and displaying that to them. 
And this does not have to be a boyfriend-girlfriend type situation. This can be any type of relationship. You're best friends with somebody, and you expect them to be there for you. You need to be there for them, too. You need to be there for them when the times are tough, because they're going to be there for you, hopefully. And so the Bible is chock full of instructions on the importance of us honoring and respecting in unselfish ways. Remember how we talked about lust is selfish and love is selfless. Your dating relationship doesn't suddenly allow you to treat this person or this other person as possessions or, or as something that is just there to satisfy you, right? It, it is something for us to build into, for something for us to build from. And so ways to respect and honor people is to honor their friends and family, to honor their walk with God, to honor their commitments, to honor their beliefs. Honor everything that is about them, regardless if they have beliefs, regardless if they have something that's different from you. Look at them and honor them in a way that is going to fulfill them. The second rule that God has is to be equally yoked. And so the Bible verse on this is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? So who knows what uh, being yoked together means? Somebody that wasn't here Sunday. Chloe, do you know what a yoke is? Not egg? Not the egg-related? Okay. What does it mean, Joel? Equal pull. Being grouped together. Yeah, so back in the day, um, and still today, people used animals uh, to help them on the farmlands, right? When, when people needed to pull wagons, when people needed to plow the farms, they used animals to do this. And oxen were the most valuable tool back then. And so one oxen was great. And if you had an oxen, it could plow the fields for you. It could carry the plow, and it would go. But if you had two oxen, that was all the better. And to have two oxen, you have to have some way to get them to go in the same direction. And so they would build these yokes. And these yokes were, you've probably seen them before, would put the necks of the two oxen together to make them pull in the same direction. Because if you had oxen that weren't tied together, they could pull in opposite directions like a tug of war. They could pull left and right, and they would veer off their path. So you had to get them going in the same direction. And then another thing that was important was that these two oxen were of same strength. Because if you had one really big oxen and one really weak oxen, then it would pull in circles, right? The, the big oxen would pull a lot more weight than the little oxen would. And so you need to be going in the same direction with the people that you are in relationships with. If you're in a dating relationship and the person does not have the same belief system as you, and you're going all out for God, and somebody is pulling you back, then that isn't going to work out. That doesn't mean that you can't be in any relationship with them, but the, the emotions and the feelings that come along with the dating relationship is not the best situation to be in with someone who is pulling you in the opposite direction. All right, we talked about our relationships with other people and how we want to be in relationships with people of all different beliefs, of all different ideas, so it broadens our mind. But to be in a dating relationship with that when you're trying to pull in one direction and the other ox is pulling in a completely different direction. And also being of the same strength, so being of the same mindset, so that you are pulling the same weight, so that you are walking in this walk together like these yoke and the oxen. And so the bottom line is this one. Make sure that you are connecting 
with the person who is connected with and, and heading in the same direction of God and the same spiritual intensity in your life that they are. And so those two rules, as I view the differences in these relationships that have gone well versus those that have not, I've seen a few trends rise to the top, and I mentioned a few of them, and what it was like to close those out, and with these couple of tips or these boundaries, and it is to set boundaries to help you stick to God's standards. We've talked about two of God's standards tonight, respecting and honoring each other and, and being equally yoked, and these are the targets that we should be shooting for. And think of boundaries as you will put in place as you go through life and these guardrails, if you will. A guardrail on a road is not meant to keep you on the road. It's to keep you from going over a cliff. We're going to go off the road from time to time as sinners. We're going to go off the road when we lose our way. But if we have guardrails in our life, if we have boundaries in our life, it will keep us from going off a cliff and causing a much greater disaster. And so putting these boundaries in place and, and thinking of these boundaries as for yourself, boundaries that ought to honor and respect other people, honoring their beliefs, honoring their parents' wishes, honoring the things about them, and being equally yoked, those boundaries, eating and praying together, going to church and other activities together, being equally yoked and heading in the same direction. I'm not saying that you should make any of these boundaries your boundaries. I'm saying that you should go, Think about what's in your life that you need to create boundaries for and create those boundaries so that we don't fall off these cliffs. And a couple of things that we can talk about is staying connected to others. And I see this all the time when couples start dating, they get this tunnel vision. I've done it tons of times where you just focus on this one person and this new relationship and you forget about the people that are around you. You forget about your friends that got you to where you are. You forget about your parents who helped you the last time you got your heart broken and you have this tunnel vision and focus on these people and we spend all of this time with this one person thinking that we're going to run out of time in our life. There's plenty of time to spend it with everybody in your life. There's going to be time down the road from here until the day you die to spend with all of these people. Remember healthy connections with family, with mentors, with your church family. Needing accountability and all of these folks around you are going to keep you on the road. They're going to be your guardrails. The second thing is keep your relationship with Jesus a priority. And the emphasis is on your, right? We have our own walk with God. There's, there's a pyramid of, of how we should equate things in our lives, and God should be at the top of that before your husband or wife, before your boyfriend, girlfriend, before your family. God should be at the top of this pyramid, and we so often get it confused and think that God should be below, you know, my boyfriend or girlfriend and sometimes my parents. He should be a little bit below my schoolwork and the things that I'm really busy at, but I'll get to that third tier of God when I have time. Rearranging this pyramid and focusing on what God has in your life. And so we talked about dating, we talked about relationships, we talked about all of those things. And the one thing that we have not talked about yet in this series is being single. And what it means to be single and what it means to step in to the person that you are. And I feel like a lot of times in our culture, we get so busy and so wrapped up into what's the next thing. What's the next thing on TV? What's the next event that I'm going to? What's the next party? What's the next ball game? And we're so focused on what is the next thing. 
I fall into the same trap. When I go out to eat, I'm thinking, what are we doing after dinner? And if we're going to a movie, I'm thinking, when can we get home so we can relax a little bit from spending a relaxing night out, right? We, we're always looking to the next thing. And I'm not saying that you should be against having a vision for your life, having goals, having something that you can attain to. But if you're not careful, you'll get so caught up in what's next that we lose sight of what's right now. We lose sight of what's happening in our lives. I try to be so conscious when I'm talking to people, when I'm talking to all of you, to not automatically say, well, what are you doing uh, next in your life? Where, where are you going to college? What do you have for a career choice? And try really hard to focus on people and what are happening in their lives right now. And so focusing on the people around us of what's happening right now, because so often we'll get asked, well, where are you going to college? And, and when we get to college, we'll ask, well, well, where are you going to start your first job at? And then when we're in jobs, where are you going to get that serious job at? Or when are you going to get a girlfriend? Or when are you going to get a boyfriend? And when we get a boyfriend or girlfriend, when are you getting married? And then it turns into when are you going to have a kid? And then when you have a kid, when are you going to have two kids? And it's just a continuous process of walking down this road of what's next. People go through their whole lives wishing for things that other people are wishing away. I talk to people all the time wishing that they could find just the right person for them. But I've also counseled couples who the first thing that they tell me is, I wish that I was single. The grass is always greener on the other side. When we're in relationships that we don't want to be in, when we aren't in relationships that we want to be in. But instead, if we would change our mindset of how we need to start finding the gold in where we are. We're called for more than a person to look for another person. We're called for something in Christ. And to not wait around for that person that is going to complete us. To not wait around for the person in our lives that we think is going to fulfill us the way only God can. God did not make us incomplete. He didn't make us as people that were incomplete that needed somebody else to fulfill his vision. Jesus walked this earth and fulfilled God's vision without a partner. He had all of the people around him, all of his friends that he had built up, and those are the people that can help us fulfill that. If we think that we're ever going to be this person that we're searching for, this, this perfect person, this God-loving person, this person that loves God, that loves others, without being a person that loves God and loves others, what, what do we think that that person out there is looking for? They're probably looking for the same thing. They're probably looking for somebody who loves God and loves others. And so while we are waiting for this person to come into our lives, why not work to be the person that we're looking for. Work to be the person in our lives who we are going to have a relationship with. So I told you that, that Rachel and I met when we were in high school and we dated for a year. And I think I told you guys that we broke up and that we got back together in college. And so there was a lot that happened in between those couple of years when we weren't together. And so I moved to Florida from uh, Glade Spring and spent a couple of years in college down there. And as soon as I got down there, I think it was, it was September or October, so it was the first couple of months of college, I met this girl, felt head over heels in lust with this girl. And we were in this relationship, and I was 19 or 20 in this big city, and we were idiots, and, and she was terrible for me, and, and just head over heels for this girl. And we, we partied, and we're just complete idiots. I was searching for something in my life that she could not fulfill. 
And what happened was that she broke my heart just the way that I broke Rachel's heart. And the only things that got me away from all that bad stuff, the only things that got me from this place of in this big city, brokenhearted, a teenage boy, no friends around, a couple of family members who was focused on nothing, not school, not anything, was Rachel, who had the grace somehow to talk to me on the phone after I called her and, and be my friend and pick up those pieces in this church in Jacksonville, Florida called Crossroads Church. And I worked at this school uh, taking care of kids, and, and some of the guys that I worked with said, why don't you, and they saw how bad I was hurting, and, and they said, come with us to this church. We have an awesome college night. And, and I, I went with them to this church, and they would take me everywhere they went because they didn't want me to be alone. And this group of friends took me in when I was just shattered from this relationship that I never should have been in. And they took me to all their poker nights and all their Bible study nights and to their college nights at church, and they got me involved in the youth. And it was this group of people that got me on the road. When our hearts are broken, we need people around us. We need those people in our lives. We get in such a rush to move on to the next thing, to move on to the next person, to move on to what's next in our lives, that we lose sight of what we really need in our lives. We get involved with things that we have no business being in. We get involved in relationships that have nothing to do with what God is going to fulfill us with. And the devil is good. He's really good, and he chooses these subjects. When something is working for the devil, he does not let go of that. And relationships are one of the biggest things that he does not let go of. He knows that if we are believers, that he cannot take us to hell. But he knows that he can keep us from living for heaven. He knows that he can keep us from doing the things that are going to fulfill our destiny. And he will do anything to stop that. If you remember in week one, we talked about how it gets really messy when our relationships push us away from God or when our relationships become God. So I want to close this whole journey back where we started on the first night in this statement that I hope will stick with you guys. Unless I'm wholeheartedly pursuing a relationship with Christ, all other relationships will be a hopeless attempt to fill that void. I think that's an awesome statement. God has blessed us with these amazing relationships, these amazing gifts that we need in our lives. We need these relationships. And I don't know where everybody here is tonight. I said before that we're definitely on a spectrum, right? We're definitely on the far ends of this spectrum of relationships in our lives. Some of us aren't thinking about it at all. Some of us are in relationships, some of us are brokenhearted, some of us are single, and it is all a road that all of us are traveling on. But wherever you are tonight, if you do not realize what God can do for us, then maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to say, I need that relationship with God. I need something that I haven't been getting fulfilled with. I've been searching everywhere, but I have not searched for God. He is there. He is waiting. He wants that relationship with us. And as we close tonight, I just want you guys to know that our relationships in this world will never be what we want them to be without God. We can have the perfect marriage 
and that's not going to come close to the love that we have with God. And so as we close tonight and we're thinking about those relationships in our lives and we're thinking about the people in our lives that have hurt us, the people in our lives that we love, we cannot forget that God is that ultimate relationship. That God is the person in our lives who will fulfill us beyond any other. Will you guys pray with me? God, we just come to you tonight hoping that we can gain some courage to ask for that relationship. Our relationships are broken. Our relationships have failed. They've left us hurting. They've left us scarred. At one time or another in our lives, we're going to come across relationships just like the ones I've been talking about. We are not perfect people. There is no perfect human being. We are going to break hearts. We are going to get our hearts broken. And the only way to get over those things is with you. If we expect to ever be fulfilled in this life, we have to expect to come to you for that. You will not only fulfill us, but you will help us fulfill all of those relationships in our lives. So we just come to you tonight. We come to you with open arms. We come to you with expectations. We just thank you so much for the acceptance, so much for what you've done for us, for for Jesus, and that grace that we could never repay, that we don't deserve, that we get freely from you. And so as we close this series out tonight, God, and, and we've talked about relationships and dating and and, and love and lust and all of the things that come along in our lives, every single one of us. And we just hope that we can gain that relationship with you, build that relationship. If we expect to be friends with God, then we have to expect to spend time with you. And so just give us the courage to spend the time, give us the strength to come to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you guys stand with us? It's your mercy that has brought me in. You won't walk away, won't give me up. I know your grace has forgiven much. You call me yours, how can it be? In all again, you remembering you won't give me. Oh
The peace I will live. 